And although Evangelion will be on the top of our list to tackle this month, the final week we have reserved for a separate show directed by Hideaki Anno before Neon Genesis Evangelion. Ain't that fun? So happy Anno month, you kids. En enjoy the, the show, or whatever it is, the audio presentation, something like that. What is on Shinji's hand? And just start saying balls, and we'll start saying balls really softly until we get eventually very loud together. Uh, that is my favorite idea. Okay, great. Okay, okay. ready? Okay. Balls. 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 Mahoney. Balls. Mahoney. Yeah. It's bad. Anime. Hey everybody, I'm John. And I am Rob. And this is Bad Anime, the podcast where we decide, is this, this anime, anime bad? And today, Rob, what um what anime are we talking about? Well, today we're talking about something that I recommended based entirely upon the director. This is actually the <laughs> Who could that be? It's actually the directorial debut. Of one Hideaki Anno. It's a, wait, it's his debut? Yeah, it's the first thing he ever directed. I did not know that I, at all. I forgot that. <laughs> I read it and thought, oh yeah, that's the thing I knew. And then it's one of the things you just kind of forget over time. <laughs> but no, this was uh, the directorial debut of uh, Hideaki Anno. And um, he made something that I really liked. And something that you enjoyed as well. <laughs> I, you know, okay. First of all, I would like to get into... Uh, have you seen this before you watched it? Because we both watched it like a few days ago. We both, yeah, you watched um, it a few days ago. I watched it yesterday. Is um, that the first time you watched it? Yes, first time I watched see, it. See, that surprised me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, honestly, based on the content here, I could completely understand right? why. Like, I was working through it and I was like, you know, like we just did Ava. Yeah. And I was like, all right. Um, I, I, I was like, I, I feel like Rob, like he knows Cutie Honey, right? Wait, yes. no, Cutie Honey's, oh, oh. That's the guy. Well, no, okay, the, the, no, no, no. But here's why this, this gets confusing mm -hmm. because okay, give it Cutie me. Honey is a Goat and a Guy work. Yes, it's a right. manga mm -hmm. which got animated. Hideaki Anno directed um, the Cutie Honey live action oh. film because Anno actually started doing live action stuff around. I think Cutie Honey was his first. Mm. But then he's done he's done Shin Godzilla, Shin right. Ultraman, and Shin Kamen Rider, which is about to come out very soon. Oh, and yeah, um, the panties are wet for that one. Boy. Damn. Yeah. Wait, do, it, what does Shin mean? New. New. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was like a, you know, like a Shinji Shin thing. Yeah. <laughs> Shinji Godzilla. Shinji Godzilla. <laughs> Don't put me in that dinosaur. <laughs> Don't put me in that dinosaur. <laughs> Ayanami! Why is my cum green? <laughs> oh. Sorry, that, that that was too far. I no, no, it wasn't. <laughs> well, it, you know, I, 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 I honestly... <laughs> would have been funnier if it was like the fire breath with like the blazing blue Godzilla come come hand Shinji That's come hand Shinji I love the, how the shadow of the pride of the west I, I love how the shadow of Shinji Ikari hangs over anything Anno directs literally everything but anyway this is his debut it was originally created by a guy named uh, uh, Toshio Okada Rainmaker no relation from what I can tell let me double check yeah, no relation from what I can tell. But anyway, mm -hmm. so this was originally a six-episode OVA that started that was started release in 1988. A good, oh, okay. a good, uh, what, seven years before Ava. Yeah, but um, we didn't watch the six-episode OVA. We watched an hour and a half movie. Yeah. that was a compilation of those six episodes, and it is now available on for viewing on High Dive. Yeah, which it, became way more relevant since the Crunchyroll Funimation merger. Yes, 
Yes, because now like that's on high dive and not on Crunchyroll nor yes. Funimation. Yep. So it's like the things on high dive. I'm so confused about what high dive is because I see like things on high dive and I get ads for things on high dive. Yes. And I'm like, I've never heard of these or seen these anywhere else. Oh, basically, I, the the joke I always make high dive is for. I think I've actually made it on the podcast before, where it's for for co- complete anime retro heads uh-huh. mm-hmm. or the uh, current pervs uh. because all the seasonal stuff that, like for example mother of the goddess dormitory was high dive right so right. it's where you go for all the recent pervy shit but if you also want to watch i, I think i joked a lot about blue gales and mongols on there mm-hmm. um legends of the galactic heroes is the most famous title on there that's mm-hmm. a legendary uh, sci-fi uh, space opera mm-hmm. um, ova series that's on there there's a lot of retro stuff on there. Yeah. So if you want, sense. if you want good retro stuff, I recommend. I legitimately recommend High Dive. Mm. But if you want to watch on a redo of the Healer, you can also go to High Dive. So oh, those, those, those are the two um, niches that High Dive fulfills, mm. and obviously this is in the retro bunch. Right. So when I um, saw Gunbuster on there, I wasn't surprised at all, and I'm like, you know what? I need to I need to experience Ano outside of his most famous work. And I'm surprised that you've never watched it before because I feel like as somebody of like yourself that loves uh Ava so much yeah. and loves also like other Ano works, I, I was like, "Huh, that is interesting that you haven't watched it before this mm-hmm. before this." Which which is very nice <laughs> yeah. for me because, that, because this means that you and I yeah. are both approaching this uh, from the same exact playing from the field. same exact playing field yeah. at the same exact time. I'm sure we have some varying opinions on like this whole uh movie. Let's get yeah, cuz this this now film. Yes, it's a film, right? And, and like when I was watching it, to, just to speak to the structure of it a little bit, you said that it was originally six OVAs. Yes. And on High Dive, it's a film. And I felt like six OVAs, I, I could, I guess I could see now that you said it was a thing, but I originally pictured it as, okay, it seems like three OVAs mashed together because it has three it, completely it, separate storylines or plots. Yeah, it's really, it's, it's basically, it's, I wouldn't say completely different. They're progressions of each other and sure. of the same story, but it's very episodic. Yes. Which is weird. Right. Like the first 40 minutes of its own story and then I believe the next... It's like, like half an hour, maybe? 20 minutes to a half yeah. hour, and then the next 20 minutes to a half hour. It's three different parts of a story. Yeah, and it's yeah. This, it's the same story, but yeah. it's like it, it does big time skips because there's yeah. a lot of space-time. Yes, and, and, yes, and, that we, and then we get the whole <laughs> thing about space-time in this universe. Uh, w- which is something we will cover. Yes. Um, but shall we, shall we just kick it off? Yes, let's kick it off. And uh, what did you think in the beginning when... Without much explanation, you just see a bunch of robots doing high school athletics, <laughs> running around the track, skipping jump ropes. I'm like, what are these robots doing? That was the first thing I was going to mention, because my first note in my entire yeah, notes yeah. of this movie was, LOL, why are robots doing fitness? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was I was legitimately confused. I'm like, dude, the robots need to lose weight. They're robots. I, it was so That was a little bizarre, but not in a bad way. I'm like, okay, this is the tone. No, and I, then I realized... With all the screeching going on, they were at an all-girls academy. Yeah. So, it's it's an all-girls academy. That's where we're set up in this world. Um, it's in, um, oh, man, Okinawa. Yes. Uh, is where it's based. Uh, yeah. And it's like a, a young military academy for girls where they can learn to pilot these giant robots. Yeah. And use them to fight th- this 
enemy thing thing that we don't exactly know what it is and it's never explained um uh, yeah I, I was about to say i was about to say dude but ask do they ever explain it because i don't remember that being explained. definitely not yeah. I, I i'm the guy to go to <laughs> for yeah. that and yeah. i can tell you they did not explain it at all yeah um but yeah the the, the show opens uh, the film opens with them doing like phys ed for robots yeah which like you later learn like it makes sense later because yeah. it's like oh you know like they're girls like training how yeah, to like yeah, use yeah. these robots yeah. and like have a range of motion and yeah stuff they're, like they're actually that. getting used to um like how the robots function exactly so they're performing kind of more uh, i guess you say routine physical activities right. in order to get used to how the robot sensitivity works so it makes sense in context it was just a very it was a very bold choice to start on that front right right and it actually um even before then it started with like a little bit of story that we got because um the main character is noriko takaya yep and Noriko Takia is the daughter of an admiral. Right, Admiral Takia. Who, admiral Takia. Yeah, because I okay now the I forgot that was pretty much the first thing that happened. He was on a, a giant spaceship. It's going down, mm-hmm. and he has like this video postcard from his daughter saying, "Come back for my eighth birthday." And he's like, "Well, I'm dead." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm sorry, little one. <laughs> yeah, I am just totes dead right now. And <laughs> yeah, then he was, died so hard. He died pretty hard in the beginning, and then we cut to Noriko at this academy. And a bunch of people are training and now, I guess, competing to um, – they're competing to be basically mech pilots. Right. And fight this enemy. Right. And I forgot what the mechs were called. Not the main one, but they're like, all, mm. like, all like the little mechs because they – Yes. I, I don't think – the the regular mech's name kind of escapes me. I think – I don't remember. It was a very simple term. It was a very simple term. It, it was, was like a robot or a mech or something like that. It was like – I forgot what it was. but it was Like some, a fighter yeah, yeah. jet, it, it's fighter like, it's pilot. Like, it's like the same kind of um, – uh, ideology behind Gundam to give it a very basic military term yes to make it not very exciting or superhero-esque so right. it's all these basic ones and um for, yeah from what I remember um Noriko is training but she's not very good mm-hmm. at, at in terms of piloting these mechs however she's chosen to be one of the two representatives from this school which is pretty interesting because the guy that chooses her is uh is coach yeah he's referred to as and yeah. his name is a coach it's actually funny because his name is pretty close to Coach. Yeah. It's a uh, Koichiro yeah. Um, yeah. Oda, yeah. and he um, selects Noriko because mm. he was he worked with the Admiral, right. Admiral Takia, and Admiral Takia saved his life in right. the first scene of the movie. So mm. he's like this older guy now, yeah. Yeah. and he's got a big scar on his face. He's right. got some nuclear poisoning shit. He's puking blood all the time. Yeah, yeah. He's not doing great. No. <laughs> But he's helping. But he's helping. He's helping these girls fight the enemy. Yes, the enemy who is unnamed. So as of now, I feel like you know we can call them Verm. We'll call them Verm. Verm. So he's fighting Verm. The end of this actually, there's a lot of darling in the Frank's parallels here, especially especially the ending, which we'll get to. Yes. Oh, definitely. And so he selects two uh, pilots to be like to pilot Gunbuster. Yeah. And Gunbuster is, is our this main mech. Big fucking robot. It, it's a it's a combination of a few different robots mm-hmm. um it's funny because the the color pattern vaguely i can see the jump from that to ava unit one and mm-hmm. some of the purple you know aesthetic choices there but it really looked like a combination of the zakus from gundam mazinger zed and um there's a couple other random influences there mm-hmm. but i'm just looking at that i'm like oh oh okada or ano whoever designed this thing you sons of bitches <laughs> i see exactly what you did I see exactly the inspiration, especially at 88. I'm like, I know where you're pulling from. Like, guys. I get this. I get it. I, you, I know this. The Gunbuster was a cool looking robot. I'll say that. It was cool. The the mech design of this show was, um, at the risk of being sounding dismissive, I'm going to say it was safe. Yes. All the robots designs made sense. 
they clearly wanted to have like a kind of a basic design for like the smaller mechs and mm -hmm. one big cool one. See, but, it was easy to pick out which robot is important. Exactly. Which it, is fine. It, it, which, which what you're supposed to do. And nothing looked overtly silly because this was 88, you know, back back before there was a lot of competition mm -hmm. because, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of later mechs. I mean, Gurren Lagann and um, Darling and Frank said the example of a lot of the robots looking so fucking stupid because <laughs> with facial expressions. Yes, with facial expressions. Or and the thing is, by the time both those shows came out, everything had been done in mech. Yes, this is '88, so it was kind of it was nice to see something of that time frame, right? Where things weren't they were pushing the boundaries, but the boundaries weren't pushed very far yet. Mm -hmm. yes. So it was wasn't very extreme. And I like the look of the mechs a lot of the show. I really did. Yeah, the mechs were really cool. And I, I think like the, the way they pilot the mechs is also very interesting. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like a um it's less like Ava and I don't know, they're just like standing yeah. and they're like their movements are the robots movements. Yes, that would that would get uh, reused in a lot of later mechs. Mm -hmm. Uh the most famous example I can think of that does that probably G Gundam. G Gundam. Okay, yeah, well, yes. they, they, that's how they control them in mm -hmm. that particular Gundam series. Yeah, like through like a bunch of things attached to their like head and like arms and like oh, stuff. Oh, and G Gundam. Like, it's, it's, G Gundam is not even that. G Gundam, and you're just standing in a big fucking dome and like you're like inside the robot and like you have like these like wireless wristbands. I kind of oh. like I kind of like the attention to detail here where they actually had the wires. Yeah, because it's actually reminiscent right now, very current. Um, mm -hmm. VR technology. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. When yeah. you're kind of like strapped in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like there and you can't really go anywhere. And you're just like flailing like a madman the entire right? time. While it's... watching VR porn. Yeah, well, usually while watching VR porn. Yeah, you probably. Have, you want to get involved in the action. Yes, you want to get you want to get in there, right? You can't just sit idly by. But then you look down, it's like, this isn't my body. I'm wildly confused <laughs> about this now. Hey, look, that's a penis. <laughs> Gunbuster. <laughs> Wrong website. <laughs> <laughs> That's my gun buster. That's my gun buster. <laughs> oh my god. Oh man. Where were we in the story? So <laughs> um right, the story well, I want to point out something very special as well. Um special is a weird word. But um <laughs> so, interesting choice. So uh Noriko, yes, the main character who's the daughter of the admiral, okay. right? The admiral's message uh from her uh, that he receives, uh, she's like, come home for my birthday. She said, he like says something like, she's going to be eight years old. Yeah. And then we get a time skip, right? Yes. So it really starts where the robots are doing the fitness, right? Yeah. And that's a time skip six years after the Admiral died. Right. Which means that Noriko in Math World is 14. <laughs> Sounds about right. So Japan. she's 14. Yeah, yeah. Very, very, very in line with what I would expect. Um. Yeah. It is, but then... Um... Then it gets a little confusing because um, we, then the whole prospect of space time comes in. Yeah, because when you go into is, when you go mm -hmm. into space, you don't really age like you do on Earth because right. you, you experience time differently. Right, and when you come back to Earth, you're the age basically the age you left at, what, uh, which what gets really confusing because yes. she has the she has the, at point she has like the body. She's not 14 years old, but she has the body of a 14 year old. And then yeah. when you see her tits a few times, that makes things very it's, confusing. It does make things very confusing. And but she, then again, this is Anno, so I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm just going to go back to Ava again. The look, calculation look how much, that, yeah. that kept coming back to me was, and the last part, which we will get to. Yeah. The final part, um, they gave me an exact correlation. They were like, oh, you know, it's been 15 years on Earth, but it's only been six months for you. Yeah. So it's a very dramatic time You're difference. Right. Yeah. Very dramatic. Like one month is a lot of fucking time. It's a lot of time. That's it's years. a lot of time to be up in space. Right. While everybody down on Earth getting old. Just getting old. <laughs> Oh, Dar Darling in the Franks. I remember. <laughs> Darling in the Franks. <laughs> um, but anyway, so 
she is selected, as we were saying, yeah. Noriko, yes. uh, for some fucking reason. She's really bad at her job. Well, no, they, um, they, I, I did, I gotta give the show credit. They did explain why. They did? Yes, because it was Coach's explanation. Because mm-hmm. she was having a breakdown. It's like, I'm not ready. I'm not good enough. Why the hell are you picking me? I don't deserve this. Mm-hmm. Is it because of nepotism? Is it because of who my father mm-hmm. is? And, um, and then the coach said something like, yes, you're not the best now, but you have the most potential. And he went on this rant about how a lot of people, like, a lot of her uh, cohorts or contemporaries in that class had reached their maximum. And that's mm. all they're going to be. They were never going to get any stronger. I see. So he was basically saying you're an investment now because you will get stronger. You will be better than them. You just need to be pushed. God, he's so dreamy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, the whole thing, it's, again, this is such a New japan storyline. It's like, you, you need someone to push you. And then you get kicked by Katsuri Shibata. Yeah. <laughs> and then so, you're concussed. So I do have to give the show credit for giving us a good reason why she was the one picked. That's it, good. It wasn't, I, I it must wasn't have, purely based on right I must have missed that, but I'm glad that they gave that reason. That's a good That's a good one. Because yeah, I was, shovel, I was shoveling pretzel rounds in my mouth while watching this, so I was a little distracted. <laughs> that's also fine. Yeah. Um, so, so he picks the coach picks two candidates to pilot Gunbuster. Yeah, and the other one, um, her name is a uh, Kazumi Amano. Amano, yeah. But they call her Onesama. Uh, yeah, the, all the girls, all the girls in the school call her Onesama, while, while Amano's her, her real name is, and all the other, um, all the other higher ups refer right. to, actually refer to her as her name. Right. I, f- I feel like one person called her Kazumi, and was, and I'm like, who the fuck is that? And I'm like, Who's okay, that? yeah. And I'm like, okay, that's, that's everybody calls her something different. And I'm like, that's the just... one. That's the one character that was annoying because I never yeah. knew who was who they were talking about. Like, can we just have a blanket term for all? The, like <laughs> that'd be so nice. <laughs> and um, well, I, so let's let's talk about the parts of this, right? Yeah, so the th- there was part, three distinct parts, right? So the first part, they're selected. Yeah. Um, and then they. They pilot Gunbuster, I believe. In they the first piloted part. Gunbuster and they destroyed an alien of some description. Yeah, they destroyed. There was an alien fleet. I feel like it, it was very similar to an Ava in like a Monster of the Week sort of thing. In the first, in that first part, yeah, where yeah. It was like where it was like the first kind of angel. They, had, you know, right? Exactly. It was like that's an what I thought exactly yeah, of because I'm like yeah. it's an unnamed thing from an unnamed place. You don't know what it's doing. You don't yeah. know what its motive is. So then they go out and then they destroy all these aliens. And of course, there's like drama in that that first part of like, oh, like is Nora ready to pilot Gunbuster? Is she going to mess this up? Yeah, like yeah. She just sucks at a lot yeah, of things. Is, is she going to cost us all our lives here? Right. And, you know, she she powers through and she's like, she was supposed to partner with a guy named Smith. Yeah. Because Onesama was like, yeah. I don't want to deal with her because she's she's not not very good at piloting yeah. at all. Yeah. And, and they're they, all and they're all having yeah. these arguments while they're wearing the ninja mask inside yep. the um the robots. I'm like, okay, why are you? Why are you wearing, like, you're wearing a ninja mask and no pants. It was a very bold choice. Very weird <laughs> outfit choices for inside the robot. Yeah. Um, well, all the dudes got to wear pants. Yeah, and like track suits. Yeah, it was cool for them. They were a little cooler for them, but no, I, they... I guess. <laughs> and and they and what what the deal was is that what what the turning point was in the first part is that Smith dies. Yes, and he was like gracious Smith, enough. Smith, and he was gracious enough to pilot with Noriko. Yeah, and the only person that shows her any kind of kindness dies. Yeah, and at that point she's like, you know, I could like cry and like be sad and stuff. Or I can just, like, fix this shit myself. And see, this is one of the moments where I felt kind of bad. I would love to have seen the full version of this because I felt like that whole first part got a little rushed where, yeah. where Norco was like, well, fuck, he's dead. 
I'm a boss bitch now. I'm like, yeah. nah, I, this isn't this isn't very Anno here. Yeah, she uh, didn't I, even wh- do wh- like. Where's my where's my 15 minutes of existential dread? Right. <laughs> she didn't even do like the like the Simone depression where you're depressed Simo- for three episodes and then you're like, nah, <laughs> I'm good, bro. Yeah, like, at least that's something. Communist <laughs> is cool. Yeah, I'm to good. Give, to give credit to Gurren Lagann, at least at least they gave Simone a little depression. They arc. dragged it out a little bit. This, uh, but I can understand with like the timing and like the OVA structure. Like, okay, sure, you you may especially, need to expedite, especially uh, this film compilation film structure. Yes. It, it, so I would love to have seen a little more god am i just a miserable person where i'm like where's where's the where's the challenge where's the adversity you know it was fine not enough depression though. not enough depression not enough depression not nearly enough isn't that every criticism i have of Gurren Lagan? i think it actually is not enough depression and that was your criticism at the end of armitage as well <laughs> <laughs> this is a pattern we're this noticing. is okay this is this says a lot about my my mental self Anyway, anyway, so, so I guess we can move on to part two. Two, yeah, two is it's not all that much later from part one. No, it's uh, only a couple of years in the time skip. Maybe a couple years, maybe not even a couple of years. What what part two starts at is part two is uh, Noriko and, and Onesima, right? They effectively yes. piloted Gunbuster, yes, and beat the thing. They right. beat the aliens, and now they're graduating. Mm. They're getting fast tracked to graduate from this um, Okinawa school, right? Because and, they will be needed to pilot Gunbuster again at the to fight more alien yeah, threats. Yeah, it wasn't at this point where um, I think we learned something. Or was that, that part two or part three when we kind of get some more insight? It's like, oh my god, you're only seventeen, but you're really twenty-seven. And th- that's for Noriko. Oh yes, yes, for Noriko and Onesima, right? They come back from that yeah. first space battle. Yeah, and all of their friends from the academy like have already graduated. And at, and at first, like when they said everyone's gone, I'm like, did they all die? Yeah, and, and then and because it left a little vague, but then you saw one of them with the with her child, right? Who right. was um, Noriko's best friend, and you just learned, okay, no, everyone's just got aged up because time works differently. Yeah, in space versus on Earth, it was ten years, meaning that like six six months is fifteen years, so maybe it was yeah. like four. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. It was a bit of time. So they come back and everybody's 10 years older, including Coach. 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 And Coach is not doing too hot. No, he ain't doing great. Coach ain't doing great. He was like what I was saying before. He got like nuclear some space nuclear, sickness. Yeah, some type of radiation. Radiation sickness. Some, that's yeah, what one they of said. the it's like it was nuclear radiation or space something. Something like they that. They use this. They use the same three words in different orders a lot. In this they show. do. They do. And they came back to him like he's like really sick. Yeah. And uh, he's like he. We see him like in a scene with Onesama. Yeah. And they're like kind of like I don't know. It looks like they're like. Like it's it's they're, it's they're like not making out, but they're like you know there's something it, going there's, there's on. There's some intimacy there. Yeah, she clearly wants to be closer to him, and then he just fucking slaps her. Yeah, I'm like okay, this is when this escalated very quickly. Dang. And then Noriko comes in, and then uh, Coach starts like puking blood, and he's like, oh, and she's like, I gotta call the police or the ambulance. And then he's like, No, don't do that shit. I'm a man. Honestly, if he if he was just went, I'm a man. This that'd be one thing, but his 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 rationale was actually a little dumber where it was uh <laughs> no i'm gonna get upset and then won't fight very well i'm like what the fuck are you talking what about you you're, mean? you're just dying i think she's still gonna be able to and of course because they reveal like that i'm gonna who's completely aware of what's happening yes and he's like, she's like yeah i know it sucks and then i'm like well then what's the point of him being irma mern about this yeah there was there was no point in like onesima and so then, of course, like before long, after they graduate, 
once again like the world is in crisis yeah we get like all those scenes of like world leaders gathered around like a big like war room table and they're like what do we do oh that's then, oh that is that is Hideakiano's wet dream because is he so does funny. that in everything he's ever directed oh there's God. gonna be a war room it's scene it's exactly like Sele oh, <laughs> it, oh it was literally Sele it was Sele or all the scenes from Shin Godzilla where it's everyone going what the fuck are we gonna do about this giant fucking yeah. dinosaur <laughs> Yeah, it was literally that the entire time. And then one of them just goes like, I know, let's get two 14-year-old girls to save the day. And everyone's like, you know, that may just be the best option. The auto special. The auto special. Always got to be a 14-year-old girl. Oh, she could wear an eye patch. She doesn't have to wear an eye patch. It's just going to be her in a regardless. You know? <laughs> and then they're like, all right, we got to get Gunbuster back. Yeah. And right, uh, Noriko and Onesima are like about to they they board Gunbuster yeah. and Coach is staying behind. Yeah. And the entire time, you know, uh uh Noriko is like, Hey Onesima, like I saw you kinda like cuddling up to Coach. I, I think you guys would be great married. And I'm yeah. like, she is fourteen, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what what are you trying to say? Exactly. You're also fourteen. Yeah. Um But and, even though you're technically thirty because space time, I don't know. Right, I don't know. Yeah. I don't get it. Yeah. And then uh they're leaving Coach behind. Mm. And they're like, you know, Anasima's like, you know, I, I don't know if Coach is going to be alive when we get back because it's going to be at least 10 years when we'll yeah. be gone. He might be dead from radiation sickening poisoning space. Yeah, yes. So, so we don't know. And then... And then Onesama Amino just starts bawling. He's like, she's, he's definitely going to be dead. What am I fighting for? I never got to tell him that I love him. And she goes on like a pretty decent... Um, a little uh, fit about it, so I'm yeah. like, "There's my depression. I need it." Okay, the quote has been met. I need I, the misery is there. I am now invested. Now something can get me to the third act. Exactly. <laughs> and speaking of the third act, did you appreciate the fact that the third act was in black and white? Just for some, for no reason. It was all in black and white. I I, I kind of liked it. Actually. I loved it. I liked it, and I think it was just because I I think like, at least my interpretation of the third act being completely yeah. black and white yeah. was to kind of show that like time had passed and like the earth had experienced some like radiation or problems from yes. the second alien battle yes because they said at that second alien battle when they formed gunbuster and yeah. when they finally you know like i got past like onesama and like yeah, coach's yeah. thing they finally got together and they finally destroyed like the alien threat which is like just a billion alien ships yeah it's just with, a ton of ships with just gunbuster yeah so they did all that and then somebody said something about like, oh, you know, this will affect like the Earth environment, the Earth's environment yeah. because it's like happening so that close. That was a throwaway line, yeah. And I was like, huh, interesting. And then you go to Act Three, and everything's in black and white, and that just leads me to believe like the Earth is like facing some like environmental problems, the crisis, and there's yeah. like some crises happening. But you know, they're still able to live, right? But at the same time, there's just like but how some... well is the question, right? So it's a little, it's a, even at the end, it's ambiguous as to what the hell is going on, and I yeah. kind of loved it. But the final act was interesting to me, where it was just um it also it the black and white definitely matched the tone because yeah. it was weird because it was the whole thing was bleak in a way yeah it was a little bleak the whole like because the whole question of the third act is was uh essentially can we do this can we win or are we all just toying with ourselves are we all about right. to die right. so it was a great um because even if even if everything happening on screen wasn't always oblique and kind of negative it just the black and white really brought out those undercurrents, that it uncertainty. Did. Yeah, because Ano does this to me, where he makes me have to—I have to watch it and say, "What does it mean? 
but then like fa- like fast backward to the end of act two yeah where um <laughs> they form gunbuster and they beat the last alien with something called super lightning kick <laughs> they did do that and i was like you know this ano guy he just does a little bit of everything huh? that's uh, he is a um a multi-layered and fascinating individual I believe the term is my spirit animal. I've heard that. I've heard that word. Yes, your spirit animal. I've heard that mm-hmm. getting thrown around a lot. Yeah, nowadays. it's a thing. It's a thing. People use that. Am I hip? Gunbuster. Gunbuster. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, right. The, the third act is fifteen years. Yes, after after the second act, and this part is a. Uh, Interesting in a few Cause, ways. Because um, um, Noriko stayed in space the entire time. Yes, but she's in space. Amino goes back to Earth at one point. Yes. And uh, she actually, she gets with, she, uh, well, kind of glossed over this, but she actually gets back and Coach is still alive. Yes. And they have a few years together. They get married. Yep. And then um, we know this because now she's co- she, she becomes Coach. Yeah. It starts out, she's looking at, she's at co- visiting Coach's grave, dropping off flowers. And all the girls, the new girls in the academy go, Coachy! Yeah. And then we see her answer, yes. Like, yep. oh, she's coach. She's the coach after all. And it's a cool moment. She's like now in, yeah. even though her and uh, Norco are technically the same age. Right. And now she actually looks 30. And yeah, right. She sees Norco and it's a big she's reunion. Like, yeah, she, at that point, she's like it's in her 30s or something yeah. like that. Because so, it's been 15 years. So that it's kind of cool. Because now this is hitting me in waves. Because you know, I I watched it at night and the lights were off, so I was falling. A little, I was getting, I was a little uh, hazy during <laughs> during Act Three. I'm coming come back to it. And I'm just like, come on, I got this. I got this. <laughs> I got to power through. Got to power through. But um, it was kind of cool because even with like there was some optimism in there with Noriko and Amino reuniting. But the the thing is, the third act, black and white, the entire time I'm just going, I'm just dreading it. I'm like, oh yeah, everyone's, everyone's about. To, Die. It's pretty interesting because uh, I noticed something about like when they met up for the first time. And okay, obviously, yeah. like Anako and Esama goes back into space. Yeah. Because uh, th- they got another big alien attack. And we need Gunbuster. There's 80 billion <laughs> aliens coming to destroy us all. <laughs> and we need Gunbuster. Um, they also made a- another thing called Gunbuster 3, right. which is a giant black hole bomb. Yeah. So when you detonate it, it turns everything around it into a giant, giant black, black hole. hole. And they're aiming to detonate this black hole uh, to suck all these aliens dry. Uh, in the- <laughs> <laughs> and-, and they want to use Gunbuster to do, it. to do it to like activate it and shit like that. So Onesima goes back into space. She's right. like, all right, well, it was going to be another operation. I'm going to team with Noriko again to form Gunbuster. Yeah. And the thing was, she gets to space. Yeah. And she's like coming out and she's like new coach and stuff. And Noriko's yeah. there. And she runs up to Noriko and she's like, Noriko, oh my God, it's so great to see you. And Noriko's like, yeah, hey. Right. She what? literally did not. She, she never was like, I'm so happy to see you. Like, it's great. I'm like, it's like, because it's been yeah. six months for her and it's been 15 years for Onesima. Right. So it's just weird. Cause That's she comes a cool in, dynamic like, when you think about it, yeah. though. That's a great point. So the entire time, wow. I see. I never really thought about it from that perspective. Because I, I completely, now, yeah, now I'm thinking about it. She, she almost had no reaction. Yeah. It was like nothing. And then they started like talking again and whatnot. And they were like, oh, we got to do this mission for everybody back on Earth. Like your right. best friend Noriko is like 58 and yeah. she has a daughter and you got to protect her daughter. Yeah. And uh, it's all like cute and stuff. And um, another thing about the black hole bomb, which mm-hmm. I found very funny, is um, I I wrote in my notes. Um, <laughs> okay. So oh, they start ahead. the battle. They start the battle. <laughs> and uh, this black hole bomb comes out. 
and Gunbuster's out, and all of their like allies are out, right. like, fighting the aliens. Right, right. And the aliens start going to attack the black hole bomb, mm. and somebody on Earth is like seeing this, like Admiral something or whatever, and he's like, "So they've noticed the black hole bomb," and I'm like, "Yeah, dude, it's the size of six fucking Jupiters. <laughs> of course they saw the black hole bomb. I, I think we know what this it's is. Fucking huge. <laughs> it's massive. Like obviously. And then they did talk about that. I wrote in my notes, "Yeah, dude, it's the size of six Jupiters." Only to find out that they literally put Jupiter inside the, the bomb. black hole bomb. <laughs> yeah. I, like, I remember they, that. What did they do? It's like, is that Jupiter? I'm like, what the fuck are they trying to what do? What are they doing with there's this no, bomb? There's no blow up most of space. Oh, God. And so then, uh, you know, Gunbuster gets together and just like wipes the floor with everybody. The final yeah. battle is all in comic strips, which is very Anno. Oh, I loved that. I loved how for a second the animation just broke down. Because before that, we got kind of a, uh, I guess you could say a, a hint or a prelude or mm-hmm. or some foreshadowing where a couple times where Noriko would have an intense moment, like a tense emotional reaction or something, and her face would go like completely white and it would basically turn into a manga uh, yes, panel. exactly. And so the, the, a lot of the final battle takes place in, in manga panels, which it's funny because you could say it was done for artistic license and liberty, but I think it was Anno saying, we need to save some money. Yeah. <laughs> and like, you know, that, that's the same. It brought me back to Ava. Oh, too, yeah, the same thing as the end of Ava. Because I was like, is it budget cuts or is it artistic? And I, I just we never don't know. know. You just can't tell. It, it, with Rayvon Gellion, we were lucky enough to have the documents and em- employees talking about it. It's like, yeah, we ran out of money, so we threw some weird artsy shit at the wall, hoping, right. hoping we get away with two episodes of this. And, and it somehow and it, worked. And it was two of my favorite episodes of anything I've ever seen in my <laughs> life. Again, what does that say about me? So dumb. That was so funny. It was great. So it was <laughs> great. But no, for Gunbuster, it was kind of cool, you know. Yeah. So they got a little magistrate with the final they battle. Did. And then at the end, um, I, it was uh, Noriko's and Gunbuster. Uh, no, sorry, both of them were. But Noriko was the one really t- literally tearing herself apart. She um oh she God. opened up the rib cage of Gunbuster, take out like the core, and then yeah. use it. To, I think it was to detonate the black hole bomb. Yeah. And but again, one of one of those scenes where she rips off her like the while she ripping off like the chest plate of the Gunbuster, she rips open her shirt. And I'm like, how old is this girl? And are they yep. are they making a plot devices to show up to show us her titties? They they she literally said, hold on, before I save the world, let me show some titty. She <laughs> just ripped <laughs> her let shirt. Me, let me pop a titty. Pop a titty. Save the world. <laughs> save the world. Pop and a titty. You Titty. can too. That that is that is a teacher right there. Save the world. Papa, Papa titty. titty. Gunbuster. Gunbuster. <laughs> and she like okay. Before that happened yeah. too, Noriko was like, "Let me go," because like you know it's very dangerous. To yeah. Go in the core, it didn't detonate on time, so they got to go into the core yeah. and activate it. And of right. course, it's gonna blow up, so you're fucked. Yeah. So whoever goes in there is pretty fucked. You're done. So her, she's like, "Let me go in, yeah, and I want to activate it and die." Yeah. And then Onesimo was like, "No, no, let me die. <laughs> I'll do and it." And then the, like. Three tertiary characters like, no, let me die. I'm like, what is everybody's suicide finish in this? Everybody wants to die. Everyone wants to be the sacrifice. Like, why you gotta? But either way, go go write all the cool songs and tell the stories about me. Right? Somebody's gotta sing my praises. I want a legacy. Somebody's gotta tell the world about my titty. My my Miss American titty. My Miss American titty. (laughs) Miss Okinawa, 1988. (laughs) <laughs> and so right they, they blow up the thing the black yeah. hole bomb blows up it sucks all the aliens yeah and whatnot the aliens are gone that problem is solved yeah yeah they're they're just dry up there yeah <laughs> dry the bone and then what happens is um i don't know i think like 
Onesima and uh, Noriko also got sucked in the black hole. Yes. So, um, but like, there's no aliens where they are. I don't know what happened. They get it, it, either they got sucked in or it exploded and it shot them off to a faraway galaxy. I think it was one of the two, but something like but that. But anyway, but how I uh, I actually this I remember very well because it gave me huge uh, flashbacks to the ending of Darling and the Franks. Uh huh. When yeah. mm-hmm. when, they, when the two of them are caught in space for thousands of years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But in this one, it in this. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I'm, I might be spoiling darling, darling of the Franks for someone. But anyway, <laughs> it's they, yeah, you're right though. They do like they do have those years in space. Yeah, for the in this in the case of the show, I think they're in space for ten thousand years. They're in space for twelve thousand years. I was off. It's crazy. Well, okay, so t- technically space time, like twelve thousand years, is I don't know, like three years, five years. If they, they were like three or five years in it's space. It's still a yeah. lot of time. Yeah, because and and six and months were, is fifteen. Because they had they had the two clocks, the Earth time and space time right. clock, which I thought was a great uh, device for That's the audience to let cool. us know what's going on. Yeah. So, but then they eventually, the two of them eventually do get back to Earth, and yep. they and everything's gray. Yeah. And they're depressed, thinking, "Oh my God, is humanity lost?" Mm-hmm. But there was another character earlier in the show who said, "We're going to organize a big welcome back for you." Mm-hmm. And they see the lights as they approach Earth. Yep. You know, welcome home. Yeah. And then it, what it looks like it happened. It looks like their very souls leave their body and, go, and cascade back towards Earth. Yeah. As the end credits happen, I'm like, "And guess what happened?" In that moment, everything goes back to color, and I'm like, "Fucking wow!" I wanted to throw my glasses. I'm like, "Art, art." Brilliant means something. I feel intelligent for suggesting this show. <laughs> As you should. The ending was really nice. It was super. It was it really was, nice. It was. It was. It was. Ano being positive, which is still weird for me. Yeah. Well, even well, it's it's kind of that it's kind of that end of Evangelion thing yeah. where it, you know, it's debatable. Like, is it a positive or not? Right. Sure, they're happy, but is everyone on Earth dead? We don't. We don't know. know. But. The main well, there's one main character. In this case, the main characters were smiling right before they died. Right. Where in the, at the end, at the end of Ava, Ava, I mean, Shinji looked happy. <laughs> Someone was clearly having a good time. Someone was having a good time. Oscar, Oscar just said he was disgusting. She didn't say she was having a bad time. Anyway, <laughs> that and if, 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 if unless I'm forgetting anything major, I think that was Gunbuster. I think that's Gunbuster. Yeah, that was the end. Um, you know, they traveled through space for 12,000 years, no food, no water, but whatever. They, they, they got through it and they, they got back to earth. Space time, baby. And, uh, I don't know how everybody on earth remembered 12,000 years later. Like, ah, you know, oh, there they are. Yeah. (laughs) Oh shit. There they are. Oh shit. That's awesome. So yeah, but it, it ended nonetheless, um, on, on on one of those questionable happy notes. Yes. But the music in this led me to believe it's supposed to be happier than say the music throughout was also very good. The the main, uh, the main theme was kind of a bop. It was a love song. Song? Yeah, well, and the lyrics had nothing to do with the actual um show, right? Which I found very interesting. Mm-hmm. It was like a very upper, a very chipper, upbeat, and then you hear "I love you," and I'm like, "What are we doing here?" <laughs> I mean, I'm having a great time, but it this- was pretty cool. I like the upbeat music when they were like forming Gunbuster and like beating the shit out of some aliens. But I like, like I would love, cool. I would love it if like they went the more traditional route and had lyrics that actually had any a- a- application to the show we were watching. Yeah. like you are the hero or something. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just something like you know fitting. Yeah. Which was fun, but um, I mean, it's a it's a nitpick. It is the ultimate nitpick. Sure. But that's that's sure. kind of why I'm here. And that's the re- and that's what we got to talk about now. Like we're nitpicking. Yes. Um, was it bad? Um, you see, I was kind of thrown a little bit mm-hmm. by this one, but I definitely say it's not bad. Yeah. It's really not bad. Um, you know, I would call it. I'd say it's one of the most 
prototypical mech shows I've ever seen. Uh-huh. It is again, this is gonna sound dismissive, but it's very baseline. But mm-hmm. I mean that in a kind of a positive way. It's a mm-hmm. very um, it's standard. Yeah. But if you like, but if you if you're interested in mechs in general, because you know mech. Mech is one of those genres that's constantly going up and down in popularity wildly. Mm-hmm. One season will have like six mech shows, and the next season, ad- excuse me, anime season will have zero. Mm-hmm. So it's a genre that's constantly going through leaps and bounds. But it is, like I've said numerous times on this podcast alone, it's one of the most influential genres of this entire medium. Mm-hmm. So for this particular show, if you're on high dive and and you're and you're really upset after watching six episodes of Redo of the Healer. <laughs> I'm very upset after watching any of Redo of the Healer. Yeah, me too. Let me tell you. So we'll get to that later, my friend. <laughs> oh, but God. so if you but if you need a break from the more intense stuff out there and need to drown out for like an hour and a half and watch some great sounding and a pretty good looking show. Yeah, it looks good. It for, looks for, for a late good. 80s show, this looks, looks really good. good. Yeah. So I, I, I definitely give it the not bad and I'd probably give it a soft recommendation. Yeah. I, would, I wouldn't I wouldn't bang down someone's door about it saying you have to watch right. it. Right. But I would say you can go for it. You can go for it. I think it was. It was. I also don't think it was bad yeah. at all. I think for for me, what I really dug about it the most was that it, it was a nice thing to see, like a prelude to Evangelion. Oh yeah, totally. At least like for for me, at least watching, I was like, oh cool, like that's kind of Ava esque. Like, oh, there was a little. Oh, like, if you did a drinking game out of this, you would have been bombed. Oh yeah. If you, if you got any any moment that was Ava esque or remind you of Ava, and we got to save getting bombed because we have a big day later. Oh yeah, we do have a big day. Um. But yeah, it, it was it was it was good. I mean, like I I enjoyed watching it. Yeah, I think mostly because I was picking it apart, being like, "Oh, that's very like that's so Ava or like that." See, it, for for Ava fans like us, it was a great little scavenger hunt. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. a great little like you know like um right uh, like when you're waiting at the dentist office and you have the highlights magazine and you're looking for all like the little <laughs> the little pieces in the picture book. So that's that's comparison. Bring I have highlights eight. magazine into this. Yeah. <laughs> We talked about VR porn today, and we're, now we're bringing in Highlights Magazine. This is what happens when you when you wake me up before noon. I am I am legitimately loopy right now. I have no fucking idea what's going on. I'm just happy to be alive. But anyway, I oh, have to, so Gunbuster's not bad. It's not bad. Um, it's not bad at all. Um, VR porn is the future. Read Highlights Magazine. I think we covered it all. I think we covered all the bases today. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you, everybody. Um, go watch Gunbuster, I guess. Go I watch Gunbuster if you got the time. Have some fun. Take a break from all the raunchy stuff on High Dive. And have have a good day, everybody. Have a nice day. Bye-bye. It's bad. Wow. Oh, my God. What a rousing podcast of anime conversation. Am I right, my compares? Am I right, my weebdom? Anywho, uh, yeah, you can send us a message if you want. Did you like this podcast? Did you hate this podcast? Do you want to kill me? Do you want to drench me in Calaxisaur blood and watch me drink it? That's fine. Just send us an email at badanimepod at gmail.com or DM us on our Instagram at badanimepod, all one word. You can also find us on YouTube as badanime, and you can leave a comment on whatever video you want to leave a comment on we'll read them all anyways we don't care i love you kiss kiss in your ear podcast network